Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Awesome. Hey, JC, do me a favor and introduce everybody. Talk to some people in the chat room for a second while I figure out why my story dropped off my All right, I'll let, <laughs> let everybody know that we are on DLive now. Uh, so if you are, I should put this in the um, chat room, but if you have the DLive app or download DLive app on your phone or go to the DLive website.com then uh, follow the show and we are there streaming live <clears throat> we're on at the moment facebook youtube twitch strike tv d live and then um pretty soon we'll we'll actually be having our own mobile app up and running so hopefully we won't be able to be deplatformed out of existence like some folks all right yeah i i don't know i just uh, what'd you lose i lost the uh house resolution document that i had pulled up so we could talk about that today okay and now i can't even get into any of my email hmm. so uh can you get me into my email before I have a temper tantrum right here on the air and everybody gets to see how technologically intolerant Chris Ann actually is? Yep. You don't want to know that about me. You just don't want to know that about me. So let me go ahead and just say welcome everybody who is here today. Some crazy times, crazy days uh, happening here in America. Uh, today, the House actually attempted to um, uh, pass a House resolution while the House of Representatives was in uh, recess. And the whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous. Never mind, JC. I'm, I'm not even going to read the stupid thing. We're just going to go ahead and talk about it. Uh, before we can, don't even have the article anymore. What the heck? Okay. All right. So we'll share this. I don't know what is going on with our media today, but you know what? Uh, I rebuke it in Jesus name and we will just keep going. Thank you. Dragons Talon. Thank you for your, your grant super chat today. Uh, you're a non-tech person either, so I appreciate your little bit of encouragement that you got there for us. <laughs> if you're on DLab, uh, DLive, if you're watching on DLive, you can look right down below the um, the thing, and there's a uh, Cash App way to contribute using Cash App, PayPal. Oh, wow. So you can get away from yeah. the Super Chat in uh, in YouTube. Yeah. And and support us through DLive. Does, if you have Cash App, I mean, that's that's right, straight, direct. Nobody taking anything off the top. Right. And, awesome. and you're not giving money to Google. Google. There you go. Do our DLive comments come <clears throat> up over here or are you going to keep track of them over there? Yeah, they'll come up. They do mm -hmm. come up? Oh, okay, great. Super. Well, welcome, DLive people. So here's what happened today. Uh, the House 
Democrats attempted to pass House Resolution uh, H.R. 21. And H.R. Uh, 21 was a it was a House resolution or is a House resolution to force Vice President Pence to gather up the executive cabinet and declare Donald Trump incompetent based on our, uh, the 25th Amendment. Now, we've covered the 25th Amendment here on the show. So I was going to, there's no really need to go into that in detail other than, you know, what they're trying to get uh, Pence to do is to declare that Donald Trump is incompetent, that he has some kind of uh, mental disability or his activity makes him incompetent to carry out his duties as president. And uh, JC, why don't you go ahead and explain the whole pro forma thing since you were you can tell them how they were able to put forward uh, House Resolution 21 when they're not even in session right now. Yeah, so a, a pro, it was a pro forma session. That's why if if you watched it, we had some folks watched it, was coming across Facebook, and they were like, oh, it's, it's already over. That's done. It didn't last but a few minutes. Um, it actually, I mean, it didn't even last one minute total as no as the, the whole thing we went back it. and watched it on c-span yeah. youtube and it was like 30 seconds and that was it was mostly a bunch of stuff they spent more time swearing in the guy yeah. than they actually did on house resolution 21 right so uh article one section five of the constitution basically says that neither house can adjourn for more than three straight days uh so they have what they they call these pro forma session. Pro forma means just simply um, in the form of or just for form's sake. So there, it's not a session where normally any business is done because they're only doing it so there's not a, a solid three days of break. So normally when they're, you know, they take their winter break or some sort of recess over a holiday or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, they'll have a, a quick pro forma session and the way it normally works is somebody from close by DC, one of the representatives, say from Maryland or Delaware or uh, Virginia will be, will be sworn in as the house pro tem or the Senate pro tem, whichever, whichever chamber is doing it will be sworn in as a temporarily presiding over the thing. And they'll call it in the session. They won't really do anything, call it out and then be done and say we were in session. And because of the nature of it, usually there's nobody there. So there's no one actually in the chamber. Most pro forma sessions are done to a completely in, empty chamber um, other than just you know a, a couple of people. So Nancy Pelosi, knowing this, knowing that it's going to be mm -hmm. basically nobody there, tries to sneak in this resolution um, to make Pence invoke the 25th Amendment. Um, and fortunately, the the representative from West Virginia, um, Alex Mooney, stepped up and objected because how they did it, Steny Hoyer introduced the resolution under unanimous consent. Right. So, so he that's that was the key. That's right. the key right there. He says under unanimous consent, 
Right. Uh, Which means if no one objects, right. then it, they don't actually vote or debate. They just accept it. So Nancy Pelosi was banking on the fact uh, that nobody, was, nobody was going to be there. Yeah. But apparently somebody must have leaked it out or they I'm sure they have some kind of rule. You have to publish it somewhere. Yeah. And so the guy from West Virginia is like, I'll well, be in town. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll I'll be there. The resolution came out of the House Judiciary Committee. Mm -hmm. So they would know, you know, they would have that schedule. They would right. know what's happening. And so Steny Hoyer was reporting it out of the Judiciary Committee. And so uh, Mooney stepped up there to object. So because of his objection, then then, you know, that was it for that, because yeah, he, now you have to have debate. So they he simply immediately said, adjourned. Yes. Until tomorrow, tomorrow at nine. At nine. So uh, it, Mooney simply said, I today I object to Speaker Pelosi's attempt to adopt via unanimous consent a resolution calling on Vice President Mike Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove President Trump. Yeah, that was him explaining some, some of what he said, explaining. So Nancy Pelosi wasn't even there. She assigned no. a mm -hmm. proxy right. to to substitute for her. And so what a snaky thing to do. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Unless it was just. And here's the thing. The H.R. 21 was not only to invoke the 25th Amendment to to require um, Vice President Mike Pence to gather the majority of the cabinet to declare Donald Trump incompetent. But it also said, if it hadn't just disappeared from my screen, it also said that Mike Pence and the cabinet had 24 hours to accomplish this. And if it were not accomplished within 24 hours, then uh, then the House would proceed with impeachment. And that's that's what House Resolution 21 says. You know, what's interesting is we have um, we have this. Um, <laughs> my stuff just disappeared. I don't understand, JC. What in the world? Everything, everything that I or not everything, but the, a lot of things that I put up there are, are, are just gone. So. Anyway, how many of you saw on the uh, I don't know if you guys saw this on the Internet, but I'm going to go ahead and pull it up again so you can see it. The uh, secretary, I'm sorry, the secretary of state. Yeah. Department of State. The Department of State's website. State Department. The State Department's website was hacked. And the message was um, that Donald Trump's term. term it was going to end at seven o'clock tonight. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to put that up there so you guys could see it because I thought that it was really interesting. JC, you had actually um, you had actually reported on a little bit of this on your Instagram page. Yeah, well, about not this, but what I suspect is the underlying issue, and that's the big hack that took place. Um, of all the government networks, Alleged, right. allegedly, whoever the hackers were, which they say are Russians or Chinese, um, were in government networks for nine months. And they still have hundreds or thousands of government computers, government uh, 
agencies that are compromised. They don't part of they, the solar wind. Yeah, the solar wind and some other stuff, but they they don't even know uh, where there may be back doors, if there may be back doors, how much whoever this foreign uh, hacker, outside hacker has control over what systems, I mean, anything. They, yeah. they could be in our nuclear, you know, whatever the nuclear controls, the, the, the computers that control the nuclear mm-hmm. uh, system. I mean, anything you can think of, run down the lines. They, they infiltrated so many um, well, so many networks. Regardless of who the hacker was, the hacker took control of the U.S. Department of State's website at some point today. Yeah, and I don't, posted, I don't know who it was. I just yeah, said what, we don't know what they say, what right. they suggest is Russian or Chinese. I I'm not certain it's either one of those. So they added Donald Trump to the Department of State biographies, which he's not even part of the Department of State. Right. So his biography wouldn't be there to begin with. And they added him to the biography and they put down here Donald J. Trump's term ended on 2021, 111-1940-07. So military time, that would be 7.40 p.m. today. Yeah. Right? So if that's military so time. have a while to reach but, that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, but what's interesting, I mean, you have that time on there. It's a future time. I wonder what... Um, <clears throat> what what they're thinking like are they on edge at what might be coming mm-hmm. at 7 40 p.m tonight well here's the thing jc uh i have seen lots of screenshots uh on this and whoever the hacker was wasn't really i, d- I don't know what they did with their timestamp, but uh every time you logged into this page the time changed oh really so this was not a static time there are actually other people who got screenshots uh of this beside me and the screenshots are actually at a different time so apparently Hmm. i got the screenshot uh 35 minutes after somebody else because i saw one where it said or 40 minutes it said 190005 or something like that well that's interesting so uh, now if you if you go to that particular URL, Todd, what is TGP? TGP. Somebody's reporting that it was a disgruntled staffer. Yeah, I've heard that. It's a dis there the Department of State has been silent on the issue. Some people are reporting that it was a disgruntled staffer. Uh, main uh, other people are reporting that it was a hack. I think it was the Secretary of State or someone at the dot uh, gov that said it was a hack. Well, it could have been a hack by a disgruntled employee, right? So it doesn't really matter, but it's a hack either way. And now it just takes you directly to the Secretary of State homepage. Hmm. So that's not even up there anymore. But um, we have uh, another super chat, JC. Uh, Val gives us a $25 super chat. She says, my voice may have been stilled, but I will never be silent. Facebook jail for 30 days. Wow, Val, what in the world did you do? Did you share that seditionist Chris Ann Hall, Val, and and get put in (laughs) Facebook jail? That is so funny. (laughs) So there you have it. Um, Nancy Pelosi's plans are foiled. Uh, but 
I imagine that they may try to do that up again in in on Wednesday. But the plan now, JC, is at least what the mainstream media is publishing, is that the plan now is to uh, file the articles of impeachment on of Donald Trump on Wednesday. And so I actually have, uh, you know, strangely enough, uh, thanks to CNN, unlike the other online access I had, I have the articles, uh, a link to the articles of impeachment. And I thought we would share that and talk about that a little bit and, and look at what they're actually alleging that they're going to impeach him on. And so, uh, oh, look, your one of your favorite representatives mm. is behind this impeachment. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> JC is a Ted Lou fanboy. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name there, JC. You got that one, Mr. Cicilline and Ted Lou from California, all putting up this impeachment again. And it's come down here to the bottom. So the articles of impeachment, Article 1, Incitement of Insurrection. The Constitution provides that the House of Representatives shall have the sole. Well, we don't need to read all that. That's ridiculous. We know that. So they want to bring up the incitement of insurrection and they want to impeach him based on the fact that they believe that Donald Trump incited or at least they believe they want you to believe that Donald Trump incited the uh, and, and if you go to some headlines, JC, they're the deadly riots mm -hmm. uh, at the Capitol building. But remember, the House doesn't actually create the final impeachment. It is the Senate that carries the trial. The House is like the prosecutor who files the indictment. So it becomes like a criminal complaint that is has to be passed by a majority of the House to go to the Senate to then have the trial. Now, if you're going to charge someone with inciting a riot, the standard for inciting a riot is that you have to meet two criteria. It's called actually the Brandenburg text test. Sorry. And so let's look at the Brandenburg test really quick. And I'll show you why there's not a there's not really a good legal chance that Donald Trump could be could actually be impeached under this. But we have a new uh, majority in the Senate. Right. Mm -hmm. So anything's possible. But if they follow the law, the Brandenburg test says for inciting a riot, there must be language of imminent lawlessness. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a two-pronged test where you have to direct to inciting or producing imminent lawless action, and your words are likely to incite or produce such action. It's imminent lawlessness. So literally, Donald Trump would have to say, Take your stuff and go do this now. 
And then everybody would have to take their stuff and actually go do it. The It was applied in 1973 in Hesfi, Indiana. This is really cool because the court refused to punish speech that advocated illegal action, which may take place in the indefinite future. Yeah, what? Why don't you uh, why don't you do America a favor and write a write a brief with all of this stuff so that some person yeah in the Senate do that or the House uh, would have this argument available to them because I have no confidence uh, <laughs> in them being able to make the argument as we saw last time they they're not many of them are very good. Uh, at defending on legal grounds. And clearly, this, this, they don't consider this a legal trial. Mm-hmm. And so many of them would, would fail to be making these arguments. I, I think I think it's kind of good if uh, them doing this, because mm-hmm. again, I still don't feel like they have the majority of Americans support on their side. Right. Um, so I, I really think... <clears throat> Um, they further expose themselves, right? And this would be a good opportunity to really disp- if 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 they have the ammunition to make the right kind of arguments, and if they make those arguments, um, then it would be another great opportunity to uh, r- show you know to expose them and, and right. how they manipulate. Right. Things. I mean, because you can literally take the speech that Trump gave. And I mean, he specifically right. talks about be peaceful and blah, blah, blah. I mean, so mm-hmm. all of that's in there. It's right. It, it's, it's so utterly preposterous. So, but I think it'd be a great opportunity to really, really body slam them. Yeah. I think that might be, that actually might be kind of fun. You know, yeah. uh, Carrie Myers got her sovereign duty in the mail today. Awesome. How awesome is that? Yeah. This is a sovereign duty is the book that is your your plan to move forward, not from Chris Ann Hall, but from the founders themselves who gave us those warnings. Yeah. And, and you, you uh, mentioned before that a, was it a president or some public official was impeached after they left office? Yes. It was the secretary of war under, um, Oh, now I can't, I can't remember grant. And, he was impeached after he left office. And it was really sort of, it's a crafty little precedent because as the story goes, and you can get it uh, on my on my website, uh, chrisannhall.com, and we'll go ahead and, I'll go ahead and pull it up there really quick so I can make sure that I'm not giving you all of the, you know, I'm, I'm giving wrong names, but his name is, was Belknap. And, uh, Belknap was the secretary of war and he was caught uh, misappropriating funds. Mm -hmm. And so they were about to uh, bring charges. They were about to impeach him. Okay. So uh, Belknap served as a secretary of war under Ulysses L. Grant. He made only $8,000 a year, but was known uh, for his extravagant lifestyle and expensive parties. Congress launched an investigation into his finances and found corruption that extended back to 1870, the year after he got into office, right? 
So according to Senate records in 1870, Belknap's luxury-loving first wife assisted a Wheeler dealer named Caleb Marsh by getting her husband to select one of Marsh's associates to operate the lucrative military trading post at Fort Sill in Indiana Territory. How interesting is that? It's sort of like Hunter Biden, right? Mm -hmm. Connection, we're going to put you up in this business so you can get all this money. So right. over the next five years, Belknap funnels all this money everywhere and then gets all these kickbacks. Well, on March 2nd, 1876, just minutes before the House of Representatives was scheduled to vote on the articles of impeachment of Belknap, Belknap raced to the White House, handed Grant his resignation, fell to his knees, burst into tears, begging for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So Grant accepted his resignation. He was no longer in office, but later that day, the members of the House of Representatives unanimously voted to send the Senate five articles of impeachment, accusing him of criminally disregarding his duty as Secretary of War. And I love this language, JC, base, basely prostituting his high office to his lust for private gain. So something they could likely point to. Yeah. To, to, to support oh. the idea that they. You know, they can impeach any time they want. Oh, please. They have they have absolutely pointed to weaker precedent for, you know, bigger right. things. Right. But this is actually this is this is the precedent that was established back then that you don't have to be in office anymore to be impeached. Now, gotcha. just like most impeachments, they don't actually do anything in the Senate to do something. But uh, the precedent is actually there to impeach him. And that's why they want to do the impeachment, because, as we mentioned yesterday, impeachment uh, contains the censure of not running for federal office again. So that's that's the little interesting tidbit that we have there with that one that they could latch on to. Right. Exactly. Huh. Did you, yeah, no doubt. So um, that's. That's the questions that I've been getting today about uh, the 25th Amendment. Do you I, just because it would it, it's quite possible that uh, if they move this forward into the Senate, it could carry over. You know, if, if Trump were for sure to mm -hmm. be out of office after the 20th, it could carry over beyond that. And so you'd end up having, you know, they'd be having impeachment trials um, mm -hmm. while Biden after Biden sworn sworn in as president if that's if that's where we get to right um which is the begs the question would uh would biden follow through with that because doesn't does the well actually does pre the president doesn't have to sign off on the no impeachment comes from the house of representatives moves to but the i guess Senate. biden could pardon him Biden could pardon him. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. You can't pardon for impeachment. Okay. Yeah. Right. The the authority of the president to pardon is for all federal expenses except, except impeachment. impeachment. That's right. So you cannot pardon an impeachment. Yeah, but I, the impeachment well, has to go. Remember now, the impeachment has to go all the way through the Senate where Chief Justice Roberts presides 
over the trial in the Senate. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. So you have a majority. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. So Chief Justice uh, John Roberts would preside over the impeach the impeachment trial in the Senate, which would be interesting in light of the things he said about, you know, not want to to do things best for the country to not want mm-hmm. to incite and and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I mean if if he went through with that, I mean that's you talk about throwing fuel on the fire. I mm-hmm. I mean if, if they go through it, it's one thing where we are in the election and then you know, it's time to get back to the states and your local governments and take back control to see what we can do in the next two years. It's it's but they just keep up in the ante. Mhm. So the whole stuff with using big media now to take people out, silence, silence folks, take take parlor, put parlor completely out of business. Right. Uh, now the impeachment. I mean, they just keep up in the ante. So I, I, I really felt like, again. The invade the Capitol, that sort of thing was not necessarily the strategy that we needed at the time and okay we have this really slim window to try to get back to local and state level and work as hard as we can in the next little while to make to make some progress and pull this thing back right as they keep slamming the doors they keep ramping up their agenda it's like they're driving people further and further into saying the hell with it let's go to blows right i mean this is which makes me think again this is where they want us to go so they keep turning the thumb screws to spark something and right. i think their idea is make conservatives lose it right so that we'll have an excuse to round them up well and that's the whole thing that's that happened in the capitol that whole thing was orchestrated i believe very solidly as a trap in order to to create create a situation now where they can sequester the government and and yeah. that all these things can now happen outside the real influence of the right. people and, and twitter goes and, hey look violence yeah exactly. you're out of here and right. they, they all start now using this yeah. as an excuse to it was a what trap. they what we they were doing right into the yeah. hands of the enemy but what they were doing you know bit by bit here and there now it's like Mm -hmm. throw the doors open because now we have an excuse so now it's not just sort of censoring this one censoring that one i mean it is complete um full-on dragnet deplatforming censor shut you down and not right not and not just not just remove you off social media and that sort of thing you we've now moved into the phase where they're literally trying to take people's jobs take people's ability to feed themselves to travel to to engage in commerce i mean it, this is a full on assault let me, that's let me make, really climbing out of control let me make this point really clear guys when the people went into the capital they played right into the hands of the people who want to take our liberties and who want to label everybody as as violent aggressors and my perspective in this and why I've always tried to to preach this this peaceful noncompliance as the most powerful tool is I wish we could just sit down again. Let's not 
let's not react emotionally, but let's let's act rationally. Who has the most to gain if the people sort of pop and lose it? We don't gain by an emotional reaction where people pop and lose it and fly off and, and you know, and, and do whatever the whole we need a civil war people think we're doing. We don't gain from that. We're, as JC said, the, we're being pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed by the enemy to that point because they gain from that. Then all of a sudden, now everybody, listen to me, guys, because we have been fighting this label battle since 2010. All right. Let me remind you that it was Janet Napolitano under Barack Obama as the head of the Department of Homeland Security who issued the official Department of Homeland Security report that said that people who use the word liberty and that people who who uh, support the ideology of America's founders are our potential domestic terrorists. That was back in 2010 and in 2012 when Barack Obama was president. Okay, that was the stance of Janet Napolitano. At that time, Congress called Janet Napolitano on the carpet to be uh, to question her. Why are you calling people who believe the founding fathers uh, domestic terrorists. Why are you calling army veterans or military veterans domestic terrorists? Why are you calling pro-life people domestic terrorists? And they called her on the carpet and Janet Napolitano, the head of the home department of Homeland security refused to back down, right? These people are potential domestic terrorists. If you use the word Liberty, if you use the word sovereignty, so they push and push and push so they'll be able to say, look, we told you so. These are the people that there were the domestic terrorists. These are the people we warned you about. If you had listened to us back in 2010 when Barack Obama was president, then we wouldn't have had these problems because we already told you these Constitution people, these patriot people, these liberty people were the potential domestic terrorists. That's why they're pushing us to the point. So I say all of that to to give this warning. Why would you walk knowingly into a place where the enemy wants you to be? Why would you do that? If I know the enemy wants me to do something, I'm going to do the exact opposite of that. We gain through going back to the state and local level and working for years to make this change. They don't gain from that. By the way, I think that's why they're frantic now, because they're terrified because we have power and they still don't want us to have it. So Brian Martinez says, does the quick quote conviction part of Article 2, Section 4 occur in the Senate trial or somewhere else? It occurs in the Senate trial. That's why it's actually a trial. And that's why the Supreme Court presides over it because or the Supreme Court justice does because it has to actually function like a trial. And like I said, if you're going to accuse but it can result later in actual criminal prosecution for yeah. whatever separately for whatever yes. somebody might be alleging if it's a criminal theoretically act. the federal then the Department of Justice could file 
criminal charges. More likely, the when Article 2, Section 4 talks about it does not preclude criminal uh, trials or criminal charges, uh, is usually because there was a crime committed at the state level, and then the state would bring criminal charges as well. So this is not a full-on criminal trial. The uh, um, double jeopardy does not apply in that because it's not a full-on trial. But you would think, J.C., with the Supreme Court justice presiding over it, that they would hold to the pre-Supreme Court justice standard of the Brandenburg test. And, you know, I mean, seriously, uh, you might think, but you never know because it's Roberts, whether he would actually follow law or not, whether he would actually follow Supreme Court precedent when it didn't suit him. Mm-hmm. Now he's got the majority of the people who, you know, actually control him. And so uh, here we have Super Chat from Tony Hill. I've been telling people we have so many nonviolent options that we can, as patriots, make them feel it. We have to get out of our emotions and use logic and real strategies. We may we we have many to use. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Tony. That's what we've been trying. I mean, and, and that's what we need. We need to say now we do have a limited window to use them. Right. We have a limited window to use them. But uh, I morally, I believe we have an obligation to use them because of everything that our founders did to actually sacrifice so that we would not have to go to war. You know, people are like, Chrisanne, we our founders would be at war by now. Um, No, they wouldn't. They actually did what they did. So we would no longer be a kingdom. So we would not have to fight to control our government, not with, you know, fisticuffs kind of things. Right. We have to make sure that we are doing everything that we can so that our children do not have to go war in our name. And if we fight now. Civil wars last a long time. Yeah. I mean, ours lasted a long time. And most people don't really realize that it was over 30 years before we stopped fighting with Great Britain in our war for independence. We actually had two wars in order to gain our independence. And if you add 30 years to 2021, that means children that are born this year will still be fighting. So I say we have an obligation to make sure that our children are no longer, are, are given the freedom and the liberty that our founders gave us and not destined to fight and battle the way that uh, some people are saying. Look, I, I, don't, I don't agree with Marco Rubio much But Marco Rubio actually gave a speech on the Senate floor and said, who has to gain by all of this? Now, he's the war hawk, so his eyes are on foreign governments. And his point was China has to gain by our disruption and our chaos. But you could say that about any foreign government, right? The the civil chaos in any country can be a boon for foreign countries all over the globe. And the globalists want America to be in disruption 
because they want the people to cry out for the UN and NATO and everybody to come in and rescue you. Oh, thank you, Wally. Outdoors for your super chat. Uh, do you really think Trump was unaware of the possibilities of what happened? Perhaps he had another plan that day. Hopeful. I don't know. Who knows at this point? Who knows? There, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of reports of all sorts of things. And who knows what's real anymore? Who knows what, what's going on? Let me just say what it I, this what way. What I do know is what we have to do. Right. In taking back our state, taking it back from the bottom up. You right. Don't, you don't control the government from the top down. Right. You, you have to control the top by by getting back control of the bottom. We, right. we, we won't. I don't believe we'll have. Uh, and I'm, this is why we are where we are. I don't believe we will have much power to affect mm -hmm. what will happen at the top. I think that's demonstrated by what we're seeing. Uh, if we continue to have do not take control of local and state. I mean, that's right. how it's designed. Our, our, our government is designed to be controlled through the states. Right. And because it's not being controlled through the states is why they're allowed to do whatever they want at the top. And so if we don't do that, um, you know, no matter what happens, no matter what happens in D.C. to whoever it happens to, we're going to be right back in the same mess very soon. Right. So, you know, you could this is a thing about a lot of the stuff people are saying could happen or whatever is mm -hmm. happened. Allegedly, uh, you could round up hundreds and put them on trial and, you know, never see them again. Right. But if you, you still have no control at your states, how long is it before they come right back in and do the very same thing again? So I, you know, the, all the stuff that people want to do relative to DC, okay, do it. That, that may be great, but we have to, we have to get back home at our state and local level. Yeah. So, uh, nothing else to lose. Bernie, uh, Thompson, Bernie Thompson is the guy who, uh, caused his his city council city council yeah yeah two city councilmen quit because of bernie thompson and we love talking about bernie thompson because he creates a mechanism you know uh, an example on how we can actually put our power the power of one man to unseat corruption that had been there for what do you say decades decades of corruption handed over one after another after another after another so we have to be sure that we are uh making sure that we are understanding how this is supposed to work you have a power state and local people always say well chrisam my local government's corrupt most local governments are corrupt but most local governments are corrupt because we have forgotten our local governments, we've become so enamored by the federal government that we don't pay attention anymore. Yeah. The solution is not further apathy. The solution is not further frustration and less action. The solution is more action. How many how many people in our audience right now can say they attended three county commissioner meetings in 2020? How many people in our audience listening right now can say they attended 
two school board meetings or just one legislative session in their capital. You see, you should be, we should be organizing groups where people go. So people we know are in every single meeting, every single session so that we can be informed and we can exercise control. And let's say one more time and keep saying it. Every, every criticism that you can throw at the county and state level, local and state level. Well, the state has this problem states that problem and they're corrupt here, corrupt there is the whole point Mm -hmm. why we have to get control. So when you make the criticisms about what's wrong with the state and local, all you're doing is proving the point. Well, and the criticisms, I don't think JC and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings out there, but I don't think the criticisms are productive. I think they're nothing more than excuses as to why I don't want to do something. Well, why I mean, I don't, we, we've got to stop with the excuses. Seriously. But it's, we it's, have to keep moving forward. Yeah. But I mean, it is the reality. The state state's corrupt. City council, all that's corrupt mm-hmm. and, and all kind of problems. So mm-hmm. that's the whole point of we, we have to get back control. And we'll be we'll be working on laying out a, kind of a roadmap of strategic ideas Mm -hmm. but as tony said something earlier when you get down to some of this stuff when you get down to the nitty-gritty um you know moving parts you you don't want to broadcast that all over the place there is a lot of stuff when it when it comes down to the actual organizational Mm -hmm. details um you want to maintain some secrecy i guess for lack of Mm -hmm. a better word um because Right. And, you don't want to tip of them off infiltrators yeah. and things like that, because we have there's a couple of things that people are working on that we've right. We've run into around the country and we have not talked about those things uh, in great detail. But we know a lot of people are organizing all over the country, even as we speak. So Charlotte asks, what if the covid restrictions do not allow you to attend? Do you watch online? Well, here's the yeah, problem. that. Uh, you, yes, you watch online. They allow you comment sections. I hate that. Allow you comment sections. But the bottom line is this. At some point in time, you're going to have to assemble publicly. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to publicly make them accountable. Right. And there's a, and, and that's what our, our movie trailer, um, uh, our movie about, uh, noncompliant movie.com is, is going to teach you how to say, no, we will not comply. I'm going to go ahead and just share that the trailer with you guys right now so you can see it and uh, watch it and be ready for it. It's coming out very, very soon. You'll notice there on the right-hand side of your screen, if you go to noncompliantmovie.com, you can sign up to get the release. When, it, when it's released, we'll notify you in the release. Help us through the donation uh, section of this. Help us pay for this. Uh, we are funding this out of pocket. And this is a nonprofit movie, so every every bit of donation that you give is tax deductible. So let's. I'm going to go ahead and watch play this for you, so you guys can watch this again. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power 
and we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested, sentenced to a week in she jail. She also tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down? There you have it. Noncompliantmovie.com. Go sign up and share the trailer with everybody you know. Help us get this information out there. Very, very powerful information, powerful tools. JC, I'm watching the chat room. We got a bunch of people saying we need to get Bernie back on the air. Yeah, yeah. I was going to, somebody asked about that, how the how he did it, that maybe didn't hear that. Yeah, I would love to do it when, you know, just do it again now that we've got a chance to think about it and yeah. use the contemporary events that's going on. So, Megan, thank you for your super chat. Uh, 1761. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, you have to be a nerd to know what that date's all about. Thank you, Megan. None, you must be a Liberty First University student. I want to write a letter to my tax collector and send it back to uh, send it back to let them know I will not be paying these taxes since we are here in the 22nd Congressional District, New York, and still have no representation. <laughs> yeah, that's something that our you know, the founders talked about mm -hmm. withholding taxes as a way to control government, which with the what was that 16th Amendment or mm -hmm. that, that has enabled them to reach directly into our pockets. Right. Um, stole that uh, that redress to a great extent. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is a good part of the protest that our founders were engaged in was a refusal to pay taxes. And the British government kept slamming our our patriot founders for not paying their taxes. They weren't good subjects. Right. Because mm -hmm. everybody has to pay their fair share. Yeah. And uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter to Lord North, who was you know, like the ambassador on behalf of the, the colonies to the British government and you know, said to the, the authority to withhold taxes is the most powerful method of redress uh, yeah. for our founders. We have an episode Bernie was on, but the sound, we had problems on it. Mm -hmm. um, we just have to get him back on. Yeah. And, uh, we we want to have, there's several folks we want to interview that have experience in organizing and doing these things. We want to bring mm -hmm. these folks on and talk to them. Uh, about the practical, you know, the practical methodology mm -hmm. uh, of organizing. Right. So, um, 
I was going to say that the tax, the tax protest thing, the withholding of taxes, what would be nice is this is another one of those things in the community, community organizing, activating where I would love to see rather than one person standing alone doing that. If in your local area where you are, mm -hmm. you know, you would organize a group who would collectively um, resist, do a tax protest because what, what happened, I mean, we've seen this over the years now, some have won, mm -hmm. some have won. Uh, right. And those are, you know, some of those guys are good to look at. Um, but I know folks have used those same techniques and laws. So what right. happens when you, when you stand all by yourself as a tax protester, they pick you off. So I think a tax protest needs to be a collective action. And I've I've tried to explain to people there are legal ways to actually engage in a protest. If you uh, fill out your W-2 form for maximum number of withholdings, then they won't take your money out during the year out of yeah. your paycheck. Now, at the end of the year, then you if you actually have to pay, because a lot of people don't have to pay. But at the end of the year, if you don't have to pay, or if you have to pay, then you simply pay what you owe. And you if you can get that done in a community function where you have a good number of people all doing that, then the government feels a pinch because they actually rely on that money coming in on well, regular. I, I mean, so. I, I think you need the more direct noncompliance type. Approach. Yeah. But in that case, you're going to need a sheriff and you're going to need your local government to stand behind you so that when the IRS tries to garnish your wages, if you know, if you have a state bank, state banks will protect your money from an IRS garnishment. Mm. Your sheriff will protect you from your right. the IRS coming and taking your property. So there's a lot so of organization that a lot is necessary. Of education and that. organization but it is not impossible so as a reminder we're we're on d live now if you see us disappear from youtube um make make sure you sign up if you haven't go to chrisannhall.com make sure that you sign up for email alerts uh, mm -hmm. in case they snatch us off of here um, again we're working on our own mobile app that we'll be able to be on uh, but check out, check out, um, check out D live, uh, for that. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that we've, um, not only gave you a, a good ed, uh, entertaining talk show, but gave you a good educational teach show. So you won't get pulled into the 25th amendment, uh, propaganda. You won't, you'll know why Donald Trump cannot be legally impeached based on inciting. And so all of the things are the things that we taught you, not just simply from opinion, but from fact and law. And we have all of these things available for you in this show. So share it so that other people can have this education. And thank you, Nate. I almost forgot about the game tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Go Gators. <laughs> all right, guys. Roll Tide. Roll. <laughs> oh, Roll Tide, right? Yeah. The Gators aren't in it anymore. I'll, I'll say it since they're the only SEC representative left, and I really don't like the other team. Mark it down, Nate. You heard it right here. JC says. Hey, if, if they represent Ace, the SEC, I'm with it. You're right. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.